Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit back, Earth 95 of the Sports Hub as always. Patriots wrapped up their 13th and maybe final practice here in Foxborough today before they depart for Green Bay. The big news kind of came two hours after we left the practice field off the field because they signed Carson Wells this morning, but then they signed <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, the running back. One-year deal worth up to $6 million. I believe it was a $3 million base salary, $1 million bonus. Looked like they had to outbid some teams to get his services too, but they got that Zeke contract done. It's someone who's been on our radar here for about a month. We knew they needed some running back position, someone who could pass block, someone who could do those short yarded situations behind Ramondre that Damian Harris held the last few years, and there probably isn't up there than Zeke that's available to them. So they, the Patriots get that one done, and Zeke will be in the building rocking number 15 as he did at a yeah, I think this is a really good signing. And, and let me preface everything I'm about to say by saying this is not on the level of like a DeAndre Hopkins signing would have been. They still 100% absolutely should have been in on Hopkins and they made a mistake not getting him. That all being said, for where they're at right now, Ezekiel Elliott's an ideal addition when you look at what they needed. They need, first of all, they they just needed to take carries off from Andre Stevenson's plate. We've talked about this. He can't be a 300-touch uh, guy again. This year, they need whether it was in the passing game and the running game, they needed somebody else to offer something. And Kevin Harrison, Pierre Strong never flashed. And now it looks like Pierre Strong is hurt. So they were going to need to bring another back in. Why specifically is Elliott a good fit? I think, in terms of some of those more physical carries, those goal line short yardage carries, he's a guy, he's not the player he was in Dallas, but he's still a guy I think that in that regards is, is a playmaker. You need two yards, he's going to get you two yards. He's also an excellent pass blocker. And given what we're seeing at right tackle, they may need to leave an extra blocker in on you know regularly in order to accommodate for that. And Ezekiel Elliott's a guy who can do that. I also think he's a guy that, and he doesn't get enough credit for this, he's a very smart football player. And in a very young running back room, having a guy like him to work with some of those younger backs, I think would be beneficial down the road. Now, I think, people are falling into this trap of, and I absolutely, this is the most casual, you talk about the casual fan of the NFL. The casual fan has infiltrated the discourse of professional football with this idea that there is a binary in terms of a player evaluation. Either a player is an all pro or he sucks. If a player does not play at an all pro level, oh, he sucks. That's what you hear. And this is true for a number of players on the Patriots, but I feel like you're seeing this happen with Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, he's not the all pro back he was in his during his peak in Dallas. He absolutely is not that player, but that doesn't mean that he's terrible. That doesn't mean that he's unrosterable. He's not going to be the all around back he was back in the day, but I do think there are things that he brings to the table that this team needed. Was he the only player who could have delivered that? I don't think so. You know, I think to a different extent, a guy like Leonard Fournette. Maybe it's a little bit different, but would have brought some of that. But at the end of the day, this was a role the Patriots needed filled. The two draft picks last year were not filling it. They were not, they did not look like guys in Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris who were, could handle some of these responsibilities. It was a role they didn't have filled. They now have it filled. 
That's progress. How much of a difference will this make? I, he makes the offense better, not better to the extent a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would have, but he makes the offense better. And for that, I think it's a, it's a good sign. I think the veteran leadership is, is one thing that maybe in looking at, which is a good point because I think we forget because Ramondre is so good. He's still just entering his third year here, right? And Harris right. and and Strawn, obviously second year guys. So getting a veteran in there, that, that'll be good just for that room. And I mean, their running back coach, Vinny Sinceri, was a safety, right? So getting someone in that room who's done it, has that experience will be big. And then we know he's not the all pro guy he was, but really effective still in, in that short yard situation. I had some, well, Tom Curran posted these stats on Twitter, and I thought it really highlighted how, how good he was in this role still. Third and short last year, he was ninth in the league, fifth among running backs, uh, fourth in converting rushes inside the 10-yard line to touchdowns, scored touchdowns on eight of 11 carries inside the three, which was fourth in the league, and he hasn't fumbled since 2020, which is about 450-plus carries. So he could still get it done in, in that short yardage situation, is, and that's where you probably project them best to play here with, with Stevenson still the number one guy. Well, I, I think that's part of it. I, I wouldn't uh, rule out him playing on some passing downs as well, just for the blocking element. I'll say this too. We don't do a ton of fantasy football on this show. I do want to do a fantasy episode at some point leading up to the season. I may, it may try to make that work. I think, think Brian, we're hearing me on your end now. now. So you might so need to put the headphones, headphones in. in, but um, I think there you go. Uh, when it comes to the fantasy elements of this, you're going to have Ezekiel, you know, Ramondre is the, the workhorse back, but you're going to have Ezekiel Elliott, who's goal line threat. And it looks like they're putting in packages from Malik Cunningham on the goal line as well. So you talk about the 12 touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott. It's going to be crazy. They have so many options now for a team that was horrible in the red zone last year. And look, part of the reason they were horrible is because they couldn't get inside the five. They, they, they would get to like the, the, the 15 or the 12 and stall out. But this is a team now when they get inside the five yard line, you have Ramondre Stevenson. You now have Ezekiel Elliott. You might have a Malik Cunningham package. We'll talk about Mike Kosicki, but if you have him, you have Devontae Parker. This is a team that now has a ton of options to score in the red zone, and that's also encouraging. And it should uh, important offense and fantasy-wise. Like, I think we're must catcher now, right? Like, Because we haven't seen enough of that from Pierre Strong to give him that role. Even when he was healthy, he's missed the last two practices now. Montgomery, same type of thing. Just the availability is a concern. But like Ramondre is the guy. He might not have the wiggle at the top of the route that James White once had, but he's the best in the group. We've seen Mac go to him a ton throughout throughout the spring and summer in that role. So you'd imagine that next, he kind of just keeps filling that role as the pass catcher. And Zeke can contribute there as well, but it should be Ramondre's role there. While it can Zeke can help take some of in between the tackle carries off his shoulder. Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to be entirely a, a, a running down back. We we saw last year early on before Ty Montgomery got hurt. We haven't even brought up Ty Montgomery in this. That's a guy whose roster yeah. spot's now very much in danger. They they Instead of alternating situations, they just alternated drives. And it was this, is a, this was a Ramondre drive, then a Damon Harris drive, then a Ty Montgomery drive. Again, because of what Zeke brings as a pass blocker, I wouldn't rule out it. Ramondre is still going to be like, he's not going to Zeke's not going to catch a lot of passes. Ramondre will still be involved as a pass catcher, but I do think there are 
in certain certain matchups, in certain situations, there's going to be times where you see Ezekiel Elliott on the field to pass block. The other thing I I, I would add to that is um, I just lost my train of thought there. I don't know, we got some some interference, Brian, some, yeah. some background noise from you. Um, We're trying to work on it. Okay, there you go. I think you got audio. it. The, the other thing I'd, I'd add to that where I could see Ezekiel Elliott in passing situations is if Mike Gesicki is going to miss time, and, and that's not me reporting anything. Like, we have no idea other than what we saw at practice. It does kind of open the door for some 21 personnel and two backs in the shotgun, and one goes out in the pattern and the other stays in a block because Ramondre is a pretty good pass blocker too. We'll see if they add that. That's down the road, but at, that could be in the conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw... O'Brien and Alabama, right? Move Jameer Gibbs all around in the slot, stuff like that. So maybe you see some some Ramon Andre moving out. You know, they they have a lot of options how they can play with that. But yeah, again, it was a signing that we all knew they needed a running back. He was probably of my list, so it was good to see them get that done. They obviously had the money now, one year deal, so not much worry there. Still some incentives tied into that. Just I like the move. I like the move. And nice to just, you know, get a big name in the building, get a little juice, right, going. I saw Ramondre was already tweeting, and he looked excited about it. So uh, just a good good signing there in the running back room. Yeah, yeah. Again, they're they a better team today yep. than they were or than they were yesterday. And and that's what you're looking for in a signing like this. And it'll be interesting to see in Green Bay how they start getting him into the, into the offense. Yep. But it wasn't the only rock. Hang on, real today. quick on this, because somebody asked this question. We should address this, too. Um, how is it a better signing than Dalvin Cook? And that is a fair question. I think the answer to it, and it's not an answer a lot of people are going to want to hear, and some people might consider it a cop-out. I don't think it's a cop-out. Uh, I don't think Dalvin Cook was ever signing here. I, I don't think that was ever going to happen. Dalvin Cook wants to go somewhere where he can be the number one back, be the lead back, be a 70% usage rate guy, and get his value back up and hit hit the free hit free agency next offseason and get a bag. They were you saw it. One, one of the tweets Ian Rapport put out today was like the Patriots still believe in Ramondre Stevenson, but knew they needed to take some of the workload off his plate. That's coming from the Patriots camp. That we still believe in Ramondre Stevenson as our running back. The Patriots were never going to demote Ramondre Stevenson. They believe in him too much. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure they should have for Cook. They're comparable players. If you look at the numbers last year in a worse offense, Ramondre Stevenson was better almost across the board. I, Dalvin Cook was never, they were in the market for an RB2. They were in the market for Ramondre Stevenson's spellback. Dalvin Cook was never coming here for that. Now, if you're going to say, screw that, they should have essentially benched Ramondre and made Dalvin Cook their feature back. I guess if you want to have that conversation, we can have it. I just think for the assets it would have taken to do that, it wouldn't have been worth it. But I I just, I don't think they were ever getting Dalvin Cook. Yes, Dalvin Cook's a better player. He would have been a better player. But, you know, that's that's like talking about why didn't, um, why didn't the Chiefs, this is an extreme example, but why weren't the Chiefs more aggressive in getting Aaron Rodgers this summer? He would have been a better backup for Patrick Mahomes than Blaine Gabbert. Again, that's an extreme example, but like, for what they were trying to fill, Ezekiel Elliott's as good as they were going to get. They were never going to get Dalvin Cook to sign into this role. Yep. Agree with you there. But other... and now, now people in the comments are going to say, compare Dalvin Cook to Blaine Gabbard. Again, or How compare Ezekiel you? Elliott to Blaine Gabbard. It, 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 stretch your mind a little bit. 
it, it just it, this they were they're signing a backup running back. This was a backup running back. This was never yeah. a role for a starter, and Dalvin Cook was never going anywhere. He couldn't start. Yep, which will be interesting because there's been some positives in the Jets camp out of you know Bryce Brees Hall lately. So it'll kind of be interesting to see if Cook is still. And Devin A. Chain had a good debut for Miami. Yeah, so be interesting to see where that market kind of falls and are you surprised a little that the Patriots you know jumped on this first they didn't let the market kind of dictate itself with someone like Cook maybe signing elsewhere pleasantly surprised yeah or or maybe they know something or maybe the Dalvin Cook's signings coming tonight or tomorrow and it's just not out yet and we don't know but one year one million dollar signing bonus three guaranteed up to six that's about right that's you know I, I'm not going to sit here and say they over I don't think they overpaid him to get it done which is why I'm kind of like whatever with it. Cause I, it's, I thought it was going to be more like the two and a half million range. They overpaid it by half a million. Awesome. Great. Good job. Um, I think this is about the right contract. We'll see what the incentives end up being, but I'm going to guess there's like, you know, to get up to the full 6 million, I'm going to guess they're going to have to go to the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl. He's going to have to hit all pro kind of like we did with Devontae Parker's contract. Yep. And you know what? Yeah. It's, it's that thing where, sorry to cut you off. If he ends up making $6 million, he was completely worth it. Right. I think it's going to be one of those things. Yep, exactly. But um, we'll get into a few other. One more on it. One more on it. Sorry. No, I keep cutting you off because somebody put, nope, I want this one. Uh, Nope, this This is the one I want. This is the story of the day, so let's keep doing it. Two running backs, but more like thunder and lightning. I think it's thunder and thunder. I think it's just thunder and more thunder. That's what I'm going to call them, thunder and more thunder. Yeah, I like that. And then a sprinkle of hopefully – they can still get Pierce Strong in there somehow with that speed, but look, I, I think those two guys will still be involved. Yeah, to some extent, you know, it, it look, it's a 17 game season. Guys are going to get hurt. They're going to have their chances, but they missed their chance to outright claim the number two running back spot to this point. And I would say, rightfully so. I think the Patriots acted. I thought they were going to wait another week. I thought they were yeah. going to see what they had in joints. I wonder if Pierre Strong's injury has something to do with this. They'll still play a little bit. It's not going to be as much. You could talk about those being bad draft picks. I mean, this is the story that we've seen with them. We don't really know if those guys can play or not. The Patriots just kind of buried them. They buried them last year, and they're burying them again, and they're, it, it's on their own. Maybe they're seeing something behind the scenes that they have to do that, but we we never got to see those guys get a fair shake. The real guy who's in trouble here is Ty Montgomery. It's hurt, hasn't practiced in a couple of weeks, has a history of injuries, at this point, I think you start talking about maybe you can get him on the practice squad on one of those veteran spots because I don't know who else is going to sign him at this point if he's that yeah. banged up. But I I had him off my last roster projection, and I had on a TBD, TBD. running back. Right, I just go. left that open spot, which now becomes Ezekiel Elliott. I just – I don't see – you know, I think Ty Montgomery's roster spot, if it's if it's still there, it's holding on by a thread. I they, The train's leaving the station at this point, yeah. and they're going to have to get on with Adam. If he's not on the field in Green Bay – I think that would be it for me. That would seal it for me. He's off the roster. If he's out there for the first joint practice, because this is when you're really repping some of your regular season stuff. All right. Maybe I can see it a little bit, but short of that. No, I think he's just about done. So when you went TBD, did you have Kevin Harris and Pierre strong? I'm guessing you'd have strong. I had strong. I, I, so it was strong Ramondre and then the TBD. I had Harris off. Look, they cut him last year. They got him to the practice squad. Yeah. I'd imagine they they could do Based off what we've seen so far, you could imagine that they can do that same that same process this year. But yeah. so that that's news of the day there in the running back room. But they did 
few other minor roster moves. They reportedly signed XFL linebacker Carson Wells. Yep. So there'll be two other roster moves here, right? They have a full 90, 90 man roster, yeah. so they'll have to cut two people. And then they extended Raquan McMillan, who is on IR. He'll be out the whole year, but they extended him a one year extension through 24, worth just over like 2.2 million. And this is the second time they've extended him since he's been here when he's on IR. So they, they obviously love McMillan and they still, you know, project him to have a role here next year when he's healthy. Yeah. Every time a guy, uh, guy gets a serious injury, he gets paid. It's a, uh... <laughs> No, it's a good signing. I think people know I like Raekwon McMillan as a player. You know, how many knee and ankle injuries later is he going to be the same guy? I don't know, but I think they like his work ethic. They like him as a tone center. They like his football IQ, and 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 they'll keep bringing him back. It was for next to no money. I, I don't remember what the I don't know the exact money off the top of my head, but I know it was next to next to no money. So uh, one year up to two point two million. Yeah, bring him back. See what it looks like after the injury. It makes sense. Yep. That was the off the field stuff today. A few roster moves, more coming as we just said. But let's hear from our pals at, at FanDuel real quick before we get into the on the field stuff from the 13th training camp practice today. Because I will tell you that football Thank season is about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's a good deal. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in MA. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. So, unfortunately, kind of the news of the day on the field was an injury to Mike Kosicki. Uh, you saw it a little better than I did, but it looked like one of those new live tackling drills where they kind of go to the ground and, and he got his arm, right arm, shoulder area kind of tangled up with, with Jelani Tavai, it looked like, and, and looked like he was in some discomfort. He left with trainers right away. So nah, not not what you wanted to see there. And Gesicki goes goes out for the day. So it was weird. Like initial look at it, watching it live, I remember – at the start of that rep, the way Tavai tackled him kind of went low. And I was like, oh, he rolled up on him a little bit. And then I started seeing Gesicki get up slow. And it was like, all right, is this an ankle? Is this a knee? And then he started grabbing at his arm. So I, I'm maybe it was when he braced himself for the fall. Who who knows what it was? So he, you know, slowly got up, walked off the, the field with the trainers under his own power, but he wasn't moving that arm at all. That to me seems like a shoulder thing. I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but I feel like if, if your elbows hurt, you can still move your shoulder, right? If your shoulders hurt, that, that's it. So if he dislocated it, who knows? You, you, what, what degree dislocation is it? You pop back in and you're good to go. Is it sore for a couple of days? Did things tear? Uh, you know, worst case scenario would be broken collarbone, AC joint, thing like that. You're talking about him missing time in the regular season. It sucks though, because he'd been playing really well the last couple of weeks. And I thought, and I wrote about this yesterday. 
his chemistry with Mac Jones was really getting there and, and, and they were starting to have some fun. So I don't think it's going to be like season ending or anything. It just, it didn't seem that severe on first. And don't hold me to that. I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor, but you know, on first glance, it didn't seem that bad, but if he misses, like, could he miss time to start the regular season? Maybe. Then the question becomes, does he go on IR? Is he going to miss four weeks? And I believe I, I meant to double check this for the show. I was just running in. Um, I believe you're now limited to how many players you can return from IR. Oh, they changed that. Yeah. So I got to double check this, but it becomes this interesting thing. Do you start them on IR? Do you not? Uh, yeah. So he, he hurt his right shoulder before and, Miami in 2020, I believe. I was just trying to look it up. Yeah, he only missed one game, though. It's the only game he's missed in his career. Yeah, he had like a dislocation, or I'm not sure if he did tear his labrum completely, but he he did hurt that shoulder before. So I don't know. I'm as Bill says, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't know how those right you know can kind of linger and stay with you. But yeah, it was disappointing because. I mean, I think we said yesterday, right? You're starting to see this chemistry build with Mac Jones and he's getting more involved in the offense down in the red area. He had two really nice passes up the seam yesterday from Jones. And we saw throughout the spring and the summer, it looks like they want to do a lot in that two tight end package. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it might be a season ending thing. Maybe like miss the first month of the season. That's just a speculation guess at this point. We'll see obviously more information as it comes out, whether he's in Green Bay or not, it would be a good tell this week. But disappointing, disappointing there. But now it's kind of between Matt Sokol or, you know, Tony Ferks are here to kind of separate themselves as that second tight end in that battle. Yeah, it definitely creates that that new tight end battle now, like you just said, for the uh, for for that third tight end job. I'm trying to find – so last year they changed it. It used to be you could pull a minimum, uh, a, a, an unlimited number of players off IR – Last year it was eight. Now I'm looking to see if it uh, if it changed again. I'm trying to find it, but um, you are limited to the number of players. But if it's eight, that's not that bad. But it's it's again, it's something to keep in mind. And you would still have to make the initial 53 right. man rosters to be put on IR. Then then you're allowed to return. So. Probably wouldn't be. I'm guessing you could still get Matt Sokol or, or Anthony Ferkshire to the practice squad or, or just sign them once you move uh, Gesicki to IR if it gets to that point. But that was, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of wait wait and see on Gesicki there. But pretty pretty good day for the offense, I'd say. We, we, you know, Back on the actual football field, um, Mac Jones looked, looked pretty good. Starting to see a little more of this Bill O'Brien offense, you know, maybe kind of move out of, you know, the base stage, the base install stage, getting into some more, you know, advanced looks today had it opened up a really nice long touchdown to Ramondre Stevenson through the air. A couple things that we'd like to see without getting into too much detail to Kendrick Bourne building off some of the stuff they did in the preseason game. So I don't know. Good, good sign still from that, from that Bill O'Brien offense as it's starting to maybe get a little more complex deeper in the camp here. Yeah, I thought it was a good day as a whole. Like you said, Mac had a couple of nice throws today. The one in the back of the end zone to Kendrick Bourne for the touchdown. Uh, one teachable moment there on the two-minute drill. 
right? Where Ramondre Stevenson probably should have gone out of bounds. Didn't, they didn't have enough time to clock the ball. And, and Bill O'Brien talked to Ramondre, talked to Mac after that. So a, a, a teachable moment, mm. but yeah, thought as a whole, the other guy I thought had a good day today was city. So yeah. I, 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 he seemed to kind of be holding up a little better. So again, as they, they work with that reconfigured offensive line, I think that he's a guy that, that you're looking at maybe playing a bigger role. So yeah, but no, I thought I thought the offense was good today. Another good sign, uh, uh, another good day for them. And we'll see. We'll see. The real test starts on Wednesday, right? How Fun does it look stuff. against Green Bay? Yeah. So back at right tackle, he was good until he dropped the punt at the end end of practice. There, they uh, finally put the rookies back. We've been waiting for that yes. for what was was the last time when Isaiah Wynn did it? And like I, that's the last time I remember it happening. Like yeah, 2019. So they put a few rookies back. Yeah, that was 18. 18. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah. That was that was, that was my lot. first year. Okay. And I think that's the last time they did it because I don't remember who it was. Somebody that year, every team used to do it, and and somebody tore their Achilles doing that, <laughs> and so teams stopped doing it for a while. But no, they did it today, and uh, two for three, two for three. So that's good. No surprise. Keon White just like like it was nothing. Caught it easily. Yeah. And uh, it was Moffy. He caught the other one. They were fielding punts at the at the end. A few of the rookies and Moffy caught his. Gave a nice little juke move. Keon White made it. His look easy as expected. So, uh, so you know somebody somebody brought this up. They did this uh, two years ago. This was a little different. It wasn't rookies. It was a handful of players. I think a rookie or two might have done it, but it was linemen. Yeah, I remember and it was, that. They it was how many how many um how many balls could they each catch? So you need to catch one, right? And then still holding that one, you get another one, all right? You got to catch that. And then here comes a third, right? And, and one at a time, I think somebody got like seven. Yeah. I, read, it was, I think it was Marcus Jones. It was like, he had them in his jersey and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, that was that was a fun one. That was a wild one. Yeah, someone, I'd have to go, I probably have it on my Twitter somewhere who caught all of them, but I have to go dig for that. But yeah, some fun to end practice, but it was City So at right tackle again. Riley Reef back at right guard like we saw yesterday for really the first time. But, yeah, kind of good stuff from the offense in that two-minute drill. Demario Douglas was right in there with that that top unit, which was, you know, Kendrick Bourne spoke after practice. Like, that's a pretty big step for a rookie to be in that two-minute drill where you, where you have some trustworthy guys, need some trustworthy guys on the field there and and Mac went to him three out of the first four plays looked like one might've been a miscommunication, but they, they completed the other two. So good to see DeMario still, still involved there on the offense. Yeah. I, it's at the point. It's kind of ridiculous. We're at the point with him. We're like, yeah, he's good. He's on the team. This rookie receiver's right? good. Yeah. He's still good. He's being involved. Great. Like we're so over it at the, right now. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, but no, he's still there. He's still good. Yep. Keyshawn Booty made a nice catch today, too, actually. Yeah, he had a few, I think, a few catches. Mostly from Zappy. I was trying to see if I could add it up quick, but I'm not going to do math right now. Okay. But Don't do the um, as a rule. You don't do yeah, math on the don't air. Don't do math. We don't need to embarrass Every, I've ourselves. done it on this show, and, and people have seen what that looks like. Yeah, it, it's not pretty. As we saw in the in-stadium press box trying to add up oh, punt yard. <laughs> that was so bad. Somebody goes, it's like this minus 20. It was 65. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> what, you got a math degree over there? No. Bringing Oppenheimer over there <laughs> doing math in his head. But uh, that's why we just like ESPN or those game logs who do it for us. So Yeah, exactly. But 
The other offensive thing, still some Malik Cunningham at, at quarterback yeah. today. And to you know, clarify, this isn't a competition, right? Like he's not taking snaps. He only took five quarterback snaps today, I believe, and he only threw one. But what's notable is he's working in with Mac, like for a play or two, or working in with Zappy here yeah. and there. So they keep saying he's a receiver. He's still working at receiver, but it looks like that plan for him is starting to change a little bit. Like they might have some packages for him at, at quarterback. Not a competition, but just the plan might be starting to change, which is notable. It's weird. It's kind of its own thing. Like you said, it's not a competition, but he's not hes not really on the quarterback depth chart. Yeah. Like he, Trace McSorley gets no reps anymore. I don't even think that's a Cunningham thing. I think that's, all right, we got to get serious and start getting ready for the season thing. <laughs> It's like you said, you know, in the middle of Max drive, you'll see him just run off the field and here comes Cunningham for a play or two. And then the same thing happens with Zappy. And, you know, that could be an, I, I thought Doug Codd had a good piece on it. I, I agree a lot with him. That could be a number of things. Are they installing a package for Malik Cunningham? Is that the, just their way of seeing what he has at quarterback long-term? I think it's probably mostly the former, but you're inherently going to evaluate him as a quarterback when he's out there at quarterback. I, I think that they're putting in a package for him. And whether that's the old Deshaun Watson run package from Houston that he ran with Bill O'Brien, whether it's there's elements of the old Cam Newton goal line package that they ran that was so successful here, it's probably going to be a little bit of both, probably some new things as well. But that's kind of what it feels like, is that there this is what it's going to look like. There's just going to be times in games, a couple times a game where – Malik Cunningham's just going to come in. You know, the Taysom Hill comp is lazy, but yeah, that, I think that's kind of what it is. And then maybe he mixes in as a wide receiver now, now and then as well too, and, and maybe on special teams. Those short yarded situations, right? Like that was one today. I think yeah. it was like third or fourth and short. Out goes Mac, in comes Malik. And we talked about it at the top of the show with Zeke, just maybe another you know, potential option down in there in the red area, like inside the five, inside the 10 yard line, just to keep defenses on their toes even more. So give me, give me pony where you have Malik, Malik Cunningham, as the quarterback Zeke. with Ramondre and Zeke on each side. And you have the uh, Malik can keep it. He can give it to Stevenson. And then either way you have Zeke as the lead blocker in that. That'd be fun. And then Keon White. And you could as, give it, you could give it to, to Zeke too, of course. Oh then, yeah, and then Keon White at tight end. Tight end. <laughs> now we're Ke getting nuts. Keon White and Johnny Lumpkin as your two tight ends with Zeke, Ramondre, <laughs> and Malik behind them. That, that would be yeah, that would be something. But uh I wanted to give Sean Wade some props today because he sure. had another maybe if it wasn't Kendrick Bourne's one-handed catch, it was it might have been Sean Wade somehow broke into the backfield on a screen pass uh zappy and just like one-handed it out of the air and it would have been a pick six if it, if it was live but impressive play from sean wade had some good moments in thursday's preseason preseason game and he, he's just quietly kind of starting to stack stack some good days together there in the secondary so i don't know what have you seen anything from sean wade besides you know that play today that's kind of caught your eye i thought he had a couple other good coverage plays today look it, it's something we talked about with isaiah bolden a couple of weeks ago. We don't know what Jack Jones status is. The hearings coming up Friday. That's obviously going to be big. And if John, Jonathan Jones being banged up as well, and are they going to want to play him on the boundary after Christian Gonzalez and Jack Jones, who's next at boundary corner. And we talked about Isaiah Bolden filling that role. And, you know, he's been, 
he's leveled out a little bit since he had those strong couple of practices leading up to the first preseason game. I don't think he's been bad, but he hasn't been as good. So I, I that competition is still kind of open for that spot. And if you can get 6-1 Sean Wade in there, look, I think Sean Wade was a super promising player at Ohio State. I mean, you're you're a Buckeyes guy, Brian. You know, or no, are you a Michigan guy? No, you're a Buckeyes guy. Wisconsin. Uh, oh, Wisconsin. Keegan, Jump Keegan, Keegan was the Buckeye guy. Was the Buck? All right, it's you're all the past pulpit people. Big Ten. It's a Big Ten company, I guess. Yeah, uh, it really is. It, which covering the Patriots is fitting. Did you yeah. see? Uh, all right, we're gonna have to mix a college football minute in at the end here. But right. um, anyway, to get back to the point, like like Sean Wade's a player who was really promising. Like he was a top recruit heading into Ohio State. Um, had a couple of really good years there at Ohio state. And then the problem is it was his, so he only started for three years. He was a slot corners first two years and they moved him to the boundary and it kind of messed him up. And I think the idea was he was always going to be a boundary corner at the next level at six one, but the change was just too jarring. And, you know, he falls from being a projected first round pick to being a fifth round pick. And he's kind of sat in the background in new England for two years, but he has a lot of natural talent. So if they can tap into that, whether it be his boundary corner, whether it be his nickel back, like that's there if they can get his confidence back up. So if he starts to get rolling, he's definitely got to pay attention to. He's not a guy that if he gets rolling, I would call it a fluke. But it would, it's one practice. I'm not willing to say he's rolling yet, but it, it is interesting to see him make some plays. The natural talent is enticing. And I feel we've mostly, I mean, the preseason, he had a lot of, you know, slot work. He had some good reps against John Mechie, and then they used him, like, back at free safety a lot. So just maybe move him around, see if something sticks, and uh, maybe, maybe this is the start of something. If he goes and has a you know good few days in, in Green Bay, that would be really, really intriguing right. to build on that. And, but... yeah, so so Wade, I, I, I looked at He was the USA Today High School Football Player of the Year on yeah. defense in 2016. So – a guy that came in with a ton of a ton of hype, a ton of prestige. And it's yeah, they moved him to the boundaries last year and it kind of screwed with him. So see if they can get him back on track. Would be interesting. They have might need a need there. So um any other little little details you had throughout practice? Today? I mean, your guy, your guy took over. A busy day for Chad Ryland. Are you gonna give us the recap there? Oh yeah. So Chad Ryland back doing his kicking duties uh seven for eight including one with the you know that two minute drill where they rush out yeah. at the end there and then his, his one miss was like just miss on the left upright so you know pretty pretty consistent day for, for ryland it, it was all good tough to see the yards looked like he was working still in that like 40 to 50 range still just same old story plenty of distance plenty of height on the ball but but good day from from chad ryland today and your guy Bryce Beringer, yeah, he shanked a couple. Yeah, it wasn't great. You have the hang times, but Corliss Wayman was a couple sub fours. Corliss Wayman was impressive today. I give my credit where credit is due. We'll, we'll see because he had some good puns. Zeke, Zeke's gonna wear fifteen, which is Corliss yeah. Wayman's number right now. And we're still waiting on two roster moves. So, hmm, wonder what's gonna happen. That that would be interesting. I don't know that because he had a good day. So, but I, I'd still go Beringer. Beringer. I don't. Um, it just. I don't think they're going to cut Waitman one way or the other. Like Barrier yeah, is going to be the punter, but there's there's value in keeping Waitman on the practice squad, especially so. with the lefty foot, right? Like right, they exactly. talked about that a lot. So like Marcus Jones even mentioned last year when they brought Pilardi in, or no, was, was Jake Julian a lefty in the in the uh, 
training camp? Do you remember? Uh, I think he was, yeah. Because Marcus Jones, I think he was. Because Marcus Jones talked about like how useful it was to be able to catch a lefty and a righty. No, no. So, so Julian was righty. It was when they signed Pilardi. Pilardi last year on the practice okay. squad when Bailey was still kicking. That was it. Yeah. For, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there, there's they like the value there of having a lefty and a righty. Hunter, you know, maybe go Douglas who said he didn't even know how to catch a ball off a punt until he worked with the unit or the staff at the Shrine Bowl. So, yeah, kind of surprised if if they cut him this early and maybe even sticks around on the practice squad. But, yeah, good day from Waitman, good day from Ryland. Uh, That was really really the special teams minute kind of there. But Beringer was still holding the whole time too. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out. That that two-kicker thing, it's not – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm also saying it's not going to go away. It's or not I'm, I'm saying it's not going away yet. Yeah, it's not something you can write off completely based off what we've seen. All right, let's do this real quick here before we wrap it up. AP Top 25, because I think they got some things wrong. Yeah. And we are getting to that point soon where we're going to talk about which which players, Patriots fans should watch, just college football season for the draft. Uh, just real quick off the top, Georgia number one's correct. Like, I mean, come on. Michigan's too high at number two. Ohio State's too high. Uh, Ohio State's about right. Alabama's four. LSU's five. USC six. Penn State is seven. Florida State's eight. Clemson's nine. Washington's ten. Texas eleven. Tennessee's twelve. And I'm going to end it there because Notre Dame is thirteen, and they get ranked for being Notre Dame and no other reason. Here's my gripes, Brian, and then I'll let you go. USC should be number two. Returning Heisman Trophy winner in a conference that is imploding. Uh, they're going to be in the college football playoff, <clears throat> and they probably have the second most talented all around roster after Georgia and they have the best quarterback. Um, I'd put Ohio state at three. Cause if they figure out the quarterback thing, they're going to be filthy. Uh, I'll give you Michigan at four over Alabama. Cause they were in the playoff last year. Alabama wasn't, uh, LSU's about right at five or six. Penn state's too high at seven. Unless you really believe in drew Aller. Florida state should be higher. Yep. I think Florida state's going to be sneaky good this year. I really like Jordan Travis. I really like Johnny Wilson. Talk about guys Patriots fans should watch. You want that first-round wide receiver. If Demario Douglas is a guy and then they have that shifty, quick slot receiver, go get six foot five, 227-pound Johnny Wilson to line up opposite him. And there's your T. Higgins. Uh, Clemson at nine is too high, but Clemson's always too high. I'm not surprised by that. Washington at 10? I didn't think that they'd respect Washington this much. Sneaky good ranking. I like Michael Penix. Yeah, I like Washington. Respecting them. Yeah. Texas should be higher. Uh, they're they're going to be filthy. I think even without Bijan, I think Quinn Ewers is a player. Uh, they got a bunch of good receivers. Uh, Aggie Hall and um, why am I blanking on on their uh, Xavier Worthy is their best receiver. He's going to be a first round pick. That's the guy you told me to watch, right? Xavier Worthy, Worthy yeah. Like and another then, body type guys. No, no, Xavier Worthy. Johnny Wilson's the guy I told you to watch from Florida oh, State. He's the big body okay. guy. Xavier Worthy's like kind of like if Zay uh, Flowers played on the boundary kind of guy. Okay. And then uh, Tennessee's the wild card because we'll see what we get out of Joe Milton. Joe Milton Joe. The wild, wild Joe. Chuck and Orange's 120 yes. yards or whatever. What do you have on it? This guy this is what we were talking about today. We oh, wish we had NCAA. Yeah. Alex is stuck playing Madden 06. <laughs> uh, that did happen yesterday. Uh, oh, and then one other thing for me on the rankings. I was 25. When their offensive coordinator doesn't get fi- uh, has in his contract, he gets fired if he doesn't score enough points. Is hilarious. That'll be. Funny. They have to be the seventy fourth highest scoring team essentially. 
That scored 25 points a game, which was 74th in the league in the nation last year. That was less than UMass. His offense doesn't even have to be as good as UMass, and he gets to keep his job. But somehow they're 25th ranked team in the nation. All right, what are you? Any any thoughts on the top 25 there? I was pretty much with you. Like, I mean, I think USC should be automatic, like top three at least, because they should just cakewalk through the Pac-12 this year, especially with Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah, Ohio State, Bama, Michigan, probably in that like three, four, five. I'm with you on Florida State. I think they could definitely be better than eight where they where they are right now and yeah i like quinn ewers i think texas texas will be better than 11 especially if they have you know all these talented receivers that you're talking about so yeah i i was pretty much with you on there i'm not a clemson guy i don't really like them but i think yeah usc was probably my biggest biggest gripe at six there your badgers came in at 19 hey they're there I mean, they were bad last year, weren't they? They they were very bad, but they they blew it up. They blew the whole thing up. We got new Eric Fickle and Phil Longo. We actually have these things called wide receivers now. We got uh, CJ took CJ Williams from USC. Uh, Bryson uh, Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, who's apparently like he's like the Demario Douglas at Patriots camp right now, just in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin camp. Yeah, I, I forget. One of his, I forget who it was, someone who is there at Wisconsin now who played at Ohio State. He either played at Ohio State or he played in high school with JSN. He's like, he's the quickest receiver I've ever seen since JSN. Oh, okay. So I'm buying, I'm buying it away. But yeah, uh, uh, we'll see. It, it's just year one, just year one of the fickle era, but we'll see. It should be, should be exciting. We'll still right, bully. So there's, a, there's a quick college football minute for yeah. you. We'll still bully people with Allen. Don't worry, but on of the course, ground. that's you know as is tradition. Not every Wisconsin, college football tradition is going to the wayside. Yeah, don't worry. Most don't of worry. them, but not be, all of them. Wisconsin will still play bully ball. They'll still be pounding the rock and breeding offensive linemen and, and linebackers. Okay. But all right, but that'll do it from today's Pat's Beat podcast. We are off tomorrow as the Patriots travel to green bay and then join wednesday thursday we will be back with some special guests it looks like who will be out there to break down the practices for us here but until then you can alex on twitter at real alex barth and go read all his work over at 985thesportshub.com you can follow me on twitter at i am brian hines and go read all my patspulpit.com thank you guys as always for tuning in and we will see you soon